I think I was quite freaked out when they were babies about the extent to which my freedom and my life was being curtailed, mm-hmm. even though I'd chosen it. And all of a sudden I just burst into tears. Yeah. Because I realised that we'd finally made it. It's such a relief. <laughs> it is. That's exactly, that's the perfect word really, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's a relief. Welcome to Mother Other, a podcast exploring the space between motherhood and our desire for personal development and fulfillment. I am your host, Amy Pearson. This podcast is produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I wish to acknowledge them as the traditional owners. I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello, I'm Amy Pearson. Welcome to another episode of Mother Other. We are right in the heart of lockdown 2.0 here in Melbourne. It has been an interesting time. Honestly, I think I'm managing better than I did the first time around. I think I learned from that experience, found ways to make this more manageable. We adapt as humans, don't we? It's like we say with parenthood and motherhood, you sort of just adapt to your circumstances rather quickly. Um, My partner is working a little bit less at the moment, which gives me some more space to find alone time, though it is still slim. We are having Zoom parties. We're making more bread. We're taking walks to the lake and the creek as often as possible to get that fresh air and spending a lot of time together as a family. It can be trying. And I do feel like my isolating experience of postpartum has never really ended but it does have its benefits. Today's guest is someone that I've been admiring from afar for quite a few years, a fellow photographer and mother of two, Ilsa Wynn Holchester Kid. Ilsa's work is literally breathtaking. She has this way with a camera that fully outweighs the strengths of many people in our field. It's a true encapsulation of motherhood and completely unique. Ilsa is a mother to Wolfgang and Thea, And she talks about craving that big, warm family dynamic that she never had when she was growing up. She also talks about how having kids means literally bringing another person into your family unit, which we often forget. You'll regularly hear people and maybe even yourself say they want to have a baby, but you never hear people say, person, I want a new person to join our family. It's it's a whole different perspective to have. Ilsa and I also talk about how having kids doesn't necessarily need to prevent you from living a life, whether that be traveling, although COVID may have thrown a spanner in the works there, or simply doing things that you've always wanted to do. Motherhood enhanced life for Ilsa and led her down the path of photography, capturing motherhood in all of its beauty. A lot of the time, bringing her children along with her to shoots, wearing her baby on her back, which I still find phenomenal and not something that I've ever attempted myself. As I mentioned later in the episode, Ilsa is truly fruitful with her answers, so this is a juicy one. I'd also like to mention that we start this conversation off discussing gender stereotypes and how both of us have been confronted to see that our own children naturally fell into those stereotypes without us consciously conforming to traditional choices of clothing and toys. 
We don't go much further than that. But after re-listening, I just wanted to put a bit of an expansion on that in the intro here and say that I certainly don't believe that people are simply the gender that they are born into. It's way more complex than that. I, I see it as fluid and will continue to avoid conforming to traditional gender roles that we currently see in society. This is a really interesting topic and it's huge and it begins to beg the question of society at large. How much is happening subconsciously without our awareness of it? How much are our children absorbing in many ways outside the home? Anyway, I'll leave that there just as a placeholder for the upcoming conversation. Take from it what you will. I just wanted to say something. That's all from me. Here's Ilsa now telling us who she's a mother to. So I have two children. I have my son, Wolfgang, who is four, he just turned four, and my daughter, Thea, who is 19 months at the moment. Beautiful. Um, Yeah, so it's really sweet having the different dynamics in their, both their personalities, but also their gender, and I guess the gender stereotypes that exist are there for a reason at times. You really see nature play its course. Mm. Yeah. I've been noticing that a little bit with my boy because I was so hardwired against the, no, he's not going to just be a boy. It's the way we bring them up. But now that I've raised him in a way that's completely non-conforming to the prerequisites of what we sort of assume is gendered, you know, clothing and toys and things, he's so masculine. Like he loves dirty things and he loves trucks and cars and so it's interesting watching that sort of happen naturally. Yeah, absolutely. We were the same with my son, um, you know, a lot of neutral colours and not introducing trains because he's a boy, but he gravitated towards Thomas, you know, and then he saw trains in real life and was super excited by them and dinosaurs are a huge thing in his life and still are today. He's like they're probably his number one. So. It's funny. And then my daughter, surprisingly, because I was in Boyland, having been enjoying raising a son and even noticing that tomboy traits were coming out of me, which haven't ever before. Then entering into the daughter world um, without any sort of guidance towards the gender stereotyping. She is obsessed with babies and loves the colour pink and purple Mm -hmm. and the glitter sandals at the shops and so it's quite funny to see that and it's um it's challenging because as much as I want to recycle Wolfie's clothes um she just won't have a bar of it they're just a bit too bit too earthy or a bit too boyish um (laughs) for her so it's quite funny yeah it's it's super interesting isn't it is uh is the desire to have kids something that you always harbored like did you have that maternal desire growing up yeah, I think I always knew I was going to be a mum. I always looked up to my mum. I always valued family. I was a very loyal child and liked that comfort of family. Um, and then growing up into an adult, I always saw a lot of beauty in motherhood and in parenthood. And that that joy and chaos and the beauty within all that mess, um, it just seemed like a journey I wanted to um take for myself and um yeah I didn't really I didn't really question it at all it was just a matter of when it felt right for me to become a mum um that's the only thing I didn't really know and I just naturally um 
listened out for that calling, I guess. Mm. And yeah, it's it's a funny one because I didn't know how many children I wanted, but um, you know, originally I wanted a big family. I've only got one sibling, so I always felt it was a bit um, quiet or lonely or neat. Um, especially around Christmas time. We don't have a huge extended family either. So I always wanted that huge family that feasted around the big table and mm-hmm. all the noise and all the friendships and all the chaos and there's something really homely and warm about that. So, um, yeah, I think I always knew I wanted a big family. Then I had Wolfie and I was like, I'm so content. I love this child so much and we've established a new um, definition of ourselves through parenting him and then we've become this really great group of three people and we could easily just live life like this now that we've got that dynamic sorted um, but yeah I could be content but I always knew there was more and it was nice to be able to give him a sibling and then to have friends that are you know blood relation um, and I've still got that pull I don't think I am done mm, yet interesting uh, yeah i love hearing that yeah it's funny you, you know i'd always have a follow-up question to that maternal desire question because i want to know more about it but i love how you've just sort of delved right into all of the things that you admired about motherhood and sort of saw in motherhood oh. that you wanted for yourself it was no it was perfect i loved hearing that um i would like to know about the journey to starting the family was it an easy yeah. process for you conceiving yeah, conception was very easy for us, surprisingly, because you never know. Like mm. you, hear, you hear stories when people try for years and years and get so disheartened and then they get stressed and then the stress leads to further infertility or complications, I guess. Um, so I had that little kind of doubt, I guess, um, inside me. So I thought if we want kids now, if we're feeling that way, maybe we should start trying now rather than try for at a time where we think we're really ready for it because it could take us that long to make a baby. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it kind of happened straight away with both. Mm. Um, so we were quite lucky in that, in that journey. Mm, that's amazing. And how much do you think motherhood impacted your identity? Was it sort of immediately when you became pregnant or was it something that evolved over time? I think it's constantly changing. Um, I'm still sort of finding my way through it, um, remaining as an individual with my own expression and um, my own, I guess, uh, experience of this life. But then when you team it up with your little buddies who are constantly by your side, it is a very different sense of self. Um, However, to kind of answer that question more directly, I definitely felt the maternal instinct kick in as soon as I was pregnant, I almost knew that I was pregnant um, straight away. And that was then just confirmed by a pregnancy test to no surprise. I just felt this shift in my body. Um, I have been pretty in tune with my body though. Um, I guess in my adulthood, kind of looking into just mindset and nutrition and just being in touch with um what your body's trying to tell you and any shifts inside. Mm. So yeah, it was it was no surprise. And from that moment, I felt this urge to protect and kind of just jumped into the do's and don'ts of pregnancy um, with your first. And yeah, it felt it felt quite warm and beautiful and very natural, um, very connected to my firstborn through pregnancy. 
and then meeting him um, was not like meeting someone for the first time, which was really nice. I remember I had quite a traumatic first birth and so I remember the um, nurse talking to me afterwards and saying, oh, and here's, you know, here's this person you've never met before and you have to get acquainted and you're meeting this stranger. And I, I just could, I just nodded and smiled because I was in such a state, but I just couldn't agree with her on that because I felt like we'd already met and it was um, just the, now we're just doing the bit after pregnancy together. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, I always felt really connected to my son. My daughter was a little bit different because I struggled with the idea of parenting both genders um so part of me was really thrilled to have a daughter to be a woman in partnership with her and to go through her journey as a as a girl into womanhood and all the things that she will come up against um or bloom bloom into and that was really beautiful because I always thought that would be a lovely thing to do is, is to raise a girl um but after having my son I was so in love with him that I would have been happy with or boys if that was um my fate so it was a bit of a it was a bit of a mind spin to kind of get my head around now I've got a daughter on the way and how does that fit within me mm. and also picturing myself not as a mother of one anymore but a mother of two um so I found pregnancy a little bit more difficult in an emotional sense which kind of um struck me by surprise I guess because the first one was so natural um, in its emotions and its, and its journey in utero. Do you think that that was sort of um, you wrangling with the idea of having to share your love and yourself with two babies instead of one? Yeah, I did have that thought because my son and I share um, such a beautiful relationship, such a nice bond um, that I did start to wonder what would happen with that if I had someone else to care for mm. and then how do I love that other child as much as I clearly love this existing human in the world. Um, so, yeah, I think, but I, I, I feel like most mothers um, sort of wrangle with those ideas as well. Um, but, yeah, like all of them say as well, um, as soon as you get that child in your life, that completely disappears doesn't it Mm. yeah totally yeah so in the early days especially after your first did you have and after your second also did you find other mums to turn to for support when you went through that upheaval of becoming a mother Um, because I know it can be a really isolating experience if you don't have friends that are mums already yeah I was quite lucky um, that a lot of my friends were mums that I made in the first pregnancy and having my firstborn. Um, So I did have a lot of people I could ask all those random pregnancy questions to. Um, But there was only probably a small handful that really understood the emotional complexity I was going through because I am naturally a deep thinker. And um, a lot of the time, mothers or anyone that you were speaking with, they would kind of just brush it off um for something quite um shallow almost mm. I guess mm. like just a petty fear when you're becoming I don't know but these there was just a couple of other women that I would speak with and they had shared the same experience on that deeper 
um, level of consciousness and it was nice to be able to feel some sort of comfort or reassurance in their experience and that sort of settled my nerves along the way. Mm, That's really good to hear because it's so true like I've experienced that a lot as well whether it's mothers that are the only thing you have in common is being a mum and they're not really quite on the same wavelength as you or if it's friends who aren't mums and it's a similar thing. So, yeah, it can be a tricky place to be, I think. I was one of the first out of my friends to have kids. So, yeah, it was a strange time. But I'm this. that's what the podcast is for, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk to me about life and who you were as a working woman before becoming a mum? Gosh, that feels like forever ago. Um, So Mm -hmm. I've always been in... Um, in the creative industries, um, either as a performer or artist, or I've worked in publishing for a little while and also worked as a school teacher. So, yeah, it's always been with people. It's always been about storytelling. It's always been about uh, digesting and expressing and understanding the world or shared experiences in this world. Uh, that's always been the, the pull for me. So that's kind of that's kind of where I was as a child as well. And then as a young adult, finding my way in different careers um, and different study paths. So then I guess just prior to having children, we got married and we had our first home in Pomona, which is a little country town uh, just north of, I guess, what's near like Budrum, Sunshine Coast, uh, inland from Noosa. So we had a little um, bush property there. So I lived a bit of a quiet life, my husband and I. We were kind of becoming a bit insular at that time. We'd moved away from the city and um, just did little projects together, little creative projects when we could. And that was kind of the time that it just felt right that we could start to um, start a family and start including somebody else on our experiences because we always thought, you know, our life doesn't need to stop when we have children. We don't need to do all of our adventures now because there's a cutoff day when you have babies. We've never been one to sort of sit still and just, you know, stick within a box of safety and security. So with that obviously comes its risks, um, which we've learned to navigate. But, yeah, it felt right at that point in our life to do that. And I think that's when I started to feel my most um, uh, evolved self. Uh, motherhood has really struck a chord with me. Uh, it's really opened up a lot of layers that I didn't know were there or it's enhanced areas of my life that were already, you know, bubbling away and developing. And it's certainly led me into a new line of thinking and seeing the world. And then, of course, documenting motherhood with other women um, is a very important line of my work and I value it deeply. And that only came about because I became a mother and I experienced it all for myself. Mm, Interesting. So were you taking photos just because you were a mother and then it came from there? Is that how it evolved or were you already sort of doing that as Um, a career type of a trajectory? No, I I made it a career after I became a mum because I couldn't stand the in-between silences uh, when baby was sleeping and I was just at home. I'd never had that much time to myself, which sounds quite funny because when you become a mom, it's, it is a huge upheaval and you're not, you know, you feel like you never get a break. And that, that is true. But I also felt like 
once we were kind of into our little groove together, just me and the baby, um, there was a lot of time for me to sit and think and not do because I wasn't going to a job or I wasn't working on something in particular. So that's when I sort of jumped in with photography, which is something I always wanted to pursue as a career. Um, but the opportunity, the lifestyle hadn't presented itself. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I always have been interested in photography. My, my dad was a photographer. I grew up in his dark room, um, helping make prints at home um, out of his negatives. And I only ever saw him use film because that's the, that was the format of the day. And I, you know, I love the world of photography. It was a beautiful visual language. It was beautiful to see concept come to creation and the process in between. So photography has always been a big part of my life, but I never saw how I could make money from it. I never saw how I could make that a livelihood and um, make it, a, I guess, a predominant voice of mine artistically. So, yeah, motherhood definitely gave me that time and gave me the, uh, the belief in myself. You kind of feel like you can do anything once you've birthed a baby mm. and... Uh, the world kind of opens up in a different way. You start to see things differently. You start to take a few more risks. Um, well, I did anyway. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love how um, fruitful your answers are because you're just oh like my. flowing through all my questions. I'm like, oh, you've answered that one. Wow, I just love how much you have to say. It's really incredible. Hello there. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm interrupting you to bring you our first ever ad. Do you need a new website? Nikki from Seedling Digital builds beautiful brands with meaning, custom WordPress websites and strategic marketing plans for small and medium-sized businesses who are ready to make big growth. She describes her work as a minimalist blend of creative and professional and has a passion for working with women-led businesses. I recently hired Nikki to build a custom WordPress website for Mother Other. With a background in design myself, I had high expectation and a pretty particular vision in mind. Nikki made the process really easy for me and saved me so much time, including building in review software for the podcast and thinking through ways to build income through the website. She enabled me through education and training at Handover and was open to changes to nail my vision. I am so impressed with the overall design. For all of your custom branding and website building needs, get in touch with Nikki at seedlingdigital.com.au. Now back to the podcast pictures your images are just like incredible I am so in love with your work and you capture that dreamlike blur of motherhood just so incredibly well and as someone who literally my whole life has been photography I studied photography it's been my job most of my life and your work is just so unique and it's just so nice to find someone who does something fresh but also it just blossomed out of motherhood. I, it's incredible yeah. that that happened that way for you. I'm really, really loving your story. Yeah. It's really cool. Thank you. That, that means a lot. It's nice to hear um, how other people see your work because mm. ultimately the way I shoot is for me. The way mm. I shoot is my voice. So um, I do try to stay true to myself because you do get temptations to follow the path of other photographers mm. that you admire. Um, you know, you would know all about that any photographer out there has their um their idols or people that they really admire um and it's easy to go all right I'm going to try that technique or I'm going to look into capturing that way yeah um 
and yeah, it's it's easy it's easy to go down that path. I do go down that path as we all do, but it's been really um, it's been really nice to kind of step back and go. I'm just going to do this for me. I'm finding my voice because there's room for everybody, mm. and I don't have to everybody. So it doesn't matter if someone sees my image and doesn't feel anything or doesn't resonate with it. Mm. There'll be other people that do, and at the end of the day, it's important to me. So true. And then there's the other tangent that some people go down, especially I've been learning to come out of it because of the way that I studied and it's sort of that um, how can I make money? How can I make this my career? And it's completely shunning your own vision and your own ideas of what you want to create, which is what I did for a long time and just focusing on what the public wants, like people that have the money to go, oh, yeah, I want to shoot of this, I want to shoot of that and sort of following that path and then you get lost and go what what am I doing this for I'm not even enjoying this this isn't what I'm good at because I'm doing what other people want rather than what I want to do for myself so yeah it's nice yeah for sure yeah I can absolutely agree with that I could I could be earning a lot more money than I do but I've had to say a lot of things yeah but what the work that you've produced says an enormous amount about what it means to sort of follow your passion and what you actually enjoy doing I think for sure it's so it's so like you said as well like you know people probably think that a lot of photographers are making more than they're making because their work is so incredible but it's not about money in the bank right depending on yeah depending on yeah how much you sort of yeah (laughs) want to live yeah exactly exactly. you should be charging a lot though because you your work is incredible and so obviously working was something that you sort of craved during those silences. That's something that you thought about, not necessarily working, but uh, creating, making something, yeah. doing something. Yeah, I, I felt like I was um, feeling a lot mm. and I wanted to share that. I wanted that to be, um, it wasn't even for anyone. I wasn't kind of pushing it for any particular reason, but just to get it out of myself, I suppose, and to look back as well. I, I'm a very nostalgic person. I'm very sentimental by nature. So looking back on photographs, um, even if they were artistically um, directed and not completely candid in nature, it's a moment in time where I was expressing something. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. It's funny because what you all the things that you're saying are just like hitting home for me because I feel very similar like this is yeah. this is how the podcast evolved because I wanted to create something not and again not necessarily for other people but I'm so glad that it's helping other people and that other people are finding yeah. some kind of comfort in hearing these stories but it has actually quite selfish it's for me because I enjoy having these conversations because it's validating you know it makes you feel like yeah there are other people out there that need more than just the baby and need more sort of pursuit in their life. And um, I also agree um, on the sentimentality thing as well. That's just, yeah, nails it. Absolutely nails it. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to hear. I'm also interested in understanding the sort of dichotomy between how we prioritise the two, our, our kids and our careers. And obviously with covid it's also again even more complicated if some people had daycare before or whatnot um so how are you currently dealing with everything managing all of the things that you've got going on in your life um some days i don't feel like i am managing them or managing them well but Mm. i do feel that's a common 
thing in parenthood as well, especially with young kids. Um, there is a lot of chaos that comes with raising young children. Um, but yeah, COVID, COVID hasn't really affected us in that regard too much because if anything, my work has slowed down in this time because I have to keep my distance from others. So I am working still, uh, but it's very much at a slower rate. Um, so I am at home with the kids more and there is more of me to give to them. And uh, we also, I've also been a full-time mum for almost four years. Um, so Wolfgang only started his first day of care, which was at three-year-old kinder um, this year mm -hmm. before COVID began. So he only did about one term where he was there for a couple of hours for a day. So I've actually had the kids with me um their whole life <laughs> which is yeah madness there's no wonder I feel I'm so tired but it's um yeah even Thea as a baby up until recently she was flying with me interstate on shoots um she'd be in the corner with her snacks and her toys and her books or she'd be in the carrier on my back or on my on my front and I'd be you know moving in all sorts of positions getting getting the photos but and that's been really lovely I, that's something that I always wanted to do because that's that's almost mirroring the way my parents raised us as we always went along with their work um we got included in a lot of their adventures and that was part of my upbringing that taught me more about the world than school did so I always valued that and I always wanted that for our children it's hectic but you certainly get stronger through those experiences I feel like I can take on so much more and with so much more patience than I would have without children, prioritise your time better. But, yeah, it is hard and the, the thought of a third joining us is very daunting in that real sense, mm. um, that logistical sense. But you work it out, don't you? Like that's what we do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Wolfie's at an age now where he socially wants to interact. He, he wants to be engaged with other things outside of the home. So I've given him what he has needed at home and I think it is time that he, once COVID-19 settles down, it would be nice to see him hit those um, kindy days a little harder and have that one-on-one -on -one time with Thea. And then down the track, if we do have a third, then, you know, obviously the kids are then a bit older again. So you're then juggling a different reality, which is school and kindy and then the baby at home so I don't know it's forever shifting for us there is no routine there's just a flow that we kind of stick to there's a couple of things we try to do every day um but the kids very much drive it um I learn from them as much as they're learning from me and some days are completely chaos some days I'm an emotional wreck some days I'm cranky but other days it's a you know it's a it's the best best part of life really mm. I love that you take your daughter on your shoots with you because as a photographer myself, I've never done that before. And I had someone mention to me that I could potentially do that at some point when I have a baby. But I guess I've always just been terrified that if I do and it all goes to hell, then I'll feel so guilty. But I think it's just the fear, right? Like I should just embrace it and try it out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think have backup, like have you, I think distractions are a wonderful thing. Mm. So and when the baby starts to get cranky. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah, because it really does limit your um, availability 
when you have to wait for someone else to be there to take over every single time you have a shoot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I try to shoot on the days that my husband's not working, which is the weekends. Um, but it was quite limiting because I was getting a lot of momentum with work and, you know, obviously any household needs the income that they can get. So there was a point where I was having to juggle the kids and juggle work um, as best as I could. But I feel like starting young, so ever since she was, you know, basically, I think I was back at work maybe four weeks after birth, I was starting to take on shoots again. So from such a young age, um, she was with me because I thought that that's the best place for her to be anyway. She's safe, she's happy. Mm. and Makes sense for so, the second. So little. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's a good idea Just, for the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, start young. Do you have any daily tasks or sort of ritualistic things that help you to stay sane amongst all of this chaos? For myself? Yeah. Um, the wine at the end of the day is mm. always nice. Mm. Not, not, the, um, not the healthiest ritual there. But, um, I mean, I jump in a hot bath very often. Uh, that's always a nice thing to do. If uh, dad's finished work for the day, then the kids can have a bit of playtime with him, which is really lovely for them to just connect. And that allows me time just to clear the head, even if it's packing away the day, just to get that order back into my life. Um, having a bath with or without the kids. Um, and then, yeah, having that knockoff happy hour mm. is always lovely. I can I do enjoy Yeah. I do enjoy a lot of self-care as well, but that's it's, it's a bit more um, scarce these days. But I really do enjoy just washing the face, applying the face oil. Mm. It just feels nice to nurture yourself. And just even if it's five minutes of a silent bathroom where you can just do that, take a breather. It's really lovely. It's funny how um, incredible five minutes can be for you once you've had kids, isn't it? Yeah, it's everything. So I'd love to know what success means for you personally rather than sort of I know that I don't want to put any images into your head but, you know, there's sort of these images that come to us when we think of what success is but I know that individually it's always different. Like success for you won't be what it is for me so I'd love to know how you sort of envision that for your life. Yeah, I find that's a, yeah, that's a funny one. It's something that's been floating around my head lately, actually, just defining success and especially in, um, in the field that I'm in, you know, in photography, everyone's got a, everyone's got a camera these days, everyone like the market is saturated with images. So success in that regard, I find is just having your images resonate with someone and then finding out about that is really lovely. Um, getting recognized by your industry or your peers is also success in itself. But in a general sense, in a life sense, I find if you're happy, I'm happy, you know? So if there's a, if everyone's kind of feeling good and safe and secure, having a good time, even if, you know, even if there's, you know, crankiness or, you know, siblings arguing, that's all part of life. As long as everyone feels good, then I feel like I'm doing my job well as a mum. Uh, if I feel good, that means I'm giving myself what I need. And then if work is, you know, if it has that nice momentum, it has, it has its ups, then to me that's 
um, that success. I also, you know, I was raised on the um, notion of rich in life rather than rich in the bank. So I feel like my parents have really instilled that in me. Um, and, you know, if you take it too far, obviously, that's a very stressful life. You do need money to be happy in a sense, you know, to be able to provide and feel secure to a degree, um, whatever your comfort level is. But that's always been the way I've wanted to live my life is to have those experiences, follow those urges, um, be brave, step out of your comfort zone. If something doesn't feel right, then you can always change direction again. Um, you only really get one life as this person, I suppose. I don't know. That's what I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to give it a red hot go. Mm, totally. And one last question for you is what has motherhood given you? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a big one. Yeah, I saved the biggest for the end. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. It's more what hasn't it given me. Um, honestly, I it's more than I imagined. Um, you know, I knew there would be love. I knew there would be a sense of pride. I knew there would be, um, and you know, you're on you're overlooking somebody else and watching them and encouraging them. I knew there would be that journey, but what it's taught me about myself, what it's taught me about my partner, what it's, you know, taught my partner about, about his self and about me, um, that is invaluable um, because it's forced us. There's been, no, there's been no choice. We've had to be better at being our best versions of ourselves. So that is a very big gift. It's a huge responsibility. Um, but to me, you know, like I said before, it only makes you stronger. It opens your eyes to so much more. Your, your, your world kind of grows around you. You know, your, your sphere is expanded. Um, and I feel content. I could die happy because of what I've shared with my children and what I've shared with my partner, with our children as a family. Um, I, I really do find that my children are almost a part of me, like an, an added appendage. Um, and they've given me a greater sense of self and they've given me, it's almost like they've gifted to me more of who I am and I've given them that back. So it's just this really lovely exchange mm. um, of experiences and of reality. Mm. Perfectly I hope put. That makes sense. No, it's perfectly put. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you so much for taking a short time out of Witching Hour for me because I know it's a really hectic time of day. But it was really, really great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, Amy. It was a pleasure to talk about it. <laughs> I can yeah, I can hear mine too. Um, you have a really lovely evening and I'll, right. I'll chat to you soon. And that's a wrap. As always, thank you endlessly for listening to today's conversation. I am so thankful to have you here joining me on this trajectory through mother and otherhood. If you love the show, please do go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you could spare a minute, rating or reviewing the podcast goes a long way to helping this show reach more ears and provide solidarity to other mothers out there who may need a little affirmation or even entertainment in their lives. See you next time.